Schofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, here we go on this Thursday, rolling in hour two. Reno's in. Vegas, ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. James helping out down here at Silver 7s. We're just off the strip. Flamingo and Paradise. Uh, I know uh, in clement weather all over the state, a lot colder uh, up north in Reno. So uh, be safe with the uh, the colder in clement weather. And everyone here in Vegas, be safe. Be safe. Slow down. Slow down. I know everyone here is not used to driving in uh, in rain. So it gets uh, very, very slick out there. And then the town is crowded at this moment. With CES and down. John Von Tobel's here. It's Cofield. We start out the 4 o'clock hour with our big four at four. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the big four at four. Number four. So latest updates on DeMar Hamlin, the uh, Bills player who had a cardiac arrest on the field on Monday. Things are looking better. It looks like. His brain has been mostly unaffected. Don't want to ever say anything's a, an absolute, but showing good signs from a cognitive standpoint. Uh, able to clutch family and you know friends' hands. Was writing a little bit. So that's all good. Um, I do not prescribe to the stuff that came out starting on Tuesday. We can't talk about anything beyond Hamlin until we know. Like There are other NFL and sports concerns we can talk about. You can do multiple things at the same time and still grieve at the same level and worry at the same level as you uh, need to, as you feel you need to, with Tamar Hamlin. And, you know, one of the things that got shot down was talking about the gambling aspect of the NFL and futures and the Bills and the Bengals. I think those conversations are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, again, I'll repeat it. I said it the last couple of days. I, I thought some people just kind of just shutting down and saying out of respect for, you know, you, you can still do other things and I, I even saw on your channel Vison some folks were saying hey we, we're not going to talk gambling today like why not now there's the extreme which we knew we'd eventually get to correct which is people I believe would falsely show respect for this young man and not say what they really felt but when they got a chance to say it oh they were going to flip out and there's some stuff in town with contesting there's obviously the game itself and refunds and what the hell was going to happen with that. And you're noticing, because you're really in this realm. John works for Eason. You're really in the gambling realm. You're noticing some, like, real grossness, uh, especially in social media. Well, and, and full disclosure, I'm also a paid employee for Superbook Sports. I was a podcast for them, too. So I, I work for, you know, an entity like that. And, yeah, like, I, I, it's, different, it's all from different angles, right? It's, it's the people complaining about the house rules of books, that they don't like it. I haven't checked today, Steve. But, like, over at Circus Sports, for example, I have a teaser that is tied to the Cincinnati Bengals. They have a house rule that says the game has to be played within eight days. Okay? Well, it's still within eight days. I haven't got my money back. It's still in hold. That's fine. I understand what the house rules are. Again, I haven't checked today, so maybe it's in there. But regardless, that's part of it. For those who get their money refunded, that's part of your house rules. The contests, Circus Sports contest, I believe it's a half point. For uh, you know games like this and instances in which it falls under, Superbooks, uh, their their contest, it's zero points. Either way, the rules. But the people that are complaining about this and going after sports books like they're making this up on the fly is ridiculous. But here's the other part about it that I don't like. So we get the news today that the Buffalo Bills had a Zoom meeting with um, with the father, right? And uh, the fact that they are now today really galvanized by the fact that he is showing signs of recovery, right? And you really like to hear all of this positive. Now I'm starting to see, and these are the things I don't like, 
Bills alternate spread this weekend. Like, come on. Like, those kind of things are kind of gross. Stop doing that, okay? And it reminds me of, I don't know if you remember this, but a few years back, because uh, I'm big on the NBA and started doing the gambling stuff with the NBA, uh, China Thomas, who is Isaiah Thomas' sister, ended up unfortunately dying in a single car accident right before the postseason. It was like a day before. And I had people asking me, like, does this galvanize the cell? I mean, who cares? But for people to start coming out and being like, all right, let's bet bills, alternate spreads, I think it's gross. I think it's really a misuse of what this whole entire thing has been and what it means. And those are the things that I think you should be upset about. Number three. So we were just talking a little more about what's going on on Fox with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. And we stayed away from it for the most part until the very end of the Tuesday show because I don't want to really shine a light (laughs) on what Skip does. But um, it was so riveting on Wednesday when Shannon finally came back and then they had that argument. um, I threw out the theory yesterday that, I I mean, I can't guarantee this and I'll check through back channels eventually, but I almost feel like uh, Skip and FS1 are in a work that Shannon doesn't know about. Um, And it's led to immense popularity with the show and not – don't look at ratings. Right? Because people are like, that's why I stopped watching the show. Okay, you stopped watching the show. Did you watch the videos the last couple days? Correct. That's more important now. The TikTok. So you still, yep. you gave in. Yep. You're watching them. That's all they want are eyes. But I know you sent over a message, and I like the way you uh, you said this. You're like, you, you and Adam Hill missed something when you talked about this. What okay. did we miss? Can I, first off, can I say, Radio 101, it was brilliant. I was watching the kids that day because Isabel was out. So I was at home listening, and you teased it. I listened to the whole show. I was waiting the entire time. And then, of course, I'm like, oh, it's in grab bag. Of course it is. Did and I you really, spent like I, two minutes on it. I, and I was like, <laughs> okay. Like, this is ridiculous. Oh, Absolutely no. ridiculous. Um, so what I thought was missed, because you guys brought up the fact that everybody wasn't understanding his tweet, right? Which at the end of the tweet, he says, you know, all of this seems so insignificant now. I think the point of what happened with Skip Bayless on Monday night when he tweeted that out is, and it ties into what I talked about with Xavier, which is, at what point in, in Skip's career has he treated athletes or spoken about athletes like they are fellow human beings? At what point? Ever. Right? That has never happened before in Skip's career. And so, when he tweets something out like this, Steve, why would I or anybody else who knows who Skip Bayless is, why would we think for one second that Skip Bayless cares about what happened on the field to that player? Why would we? Right? Like, I, I think that is ultimately what it comes down to. It is Skip Bayless's own faults to a certain extent that people took that tweet the way that it is. Because if it's anybody else who tweets it, maybe you actually read the nuance of what that statement is. But because it's Skip Bayless who has built his career off of smearing athletes the entire time, then when you tweet something like that, sure, it's misconstrued. Nobody believes that you're sincere. And it's a monster of your own creation. Number two. Uh, In response to that, I guess I try to look at everyone, if I even if I don't like them and I know their track record, with some objectivity. And I don't always do it initially, but I try to think about it. Um, so I, I get it. You're right. People are going to rush to judgment. And then if they, if they did process the irrelevant part at the end, which I thought was the most part, important part of the tweet, um, like you said, hey, based on his behavior in the past, why would you believe that that part of it? Um, you, you mentioned something really good last hour that I that I hadn't and I hadn't thought about, and that is uh, Shannon getting more and more irked with Skip because Skip's bit has always been built around disrespecting athletes, and as a fellow athlete, that just that wears on you, and it starts to break you. Yeah. But as I mentioned yesterday, and and Shannon can move on and do a good show on his own, but I think he needs to stick it out. I think this this can be a great show. 
Um, and I like Shannon's genuine anger. There are times, though, on these shows where you have to keep your cool. And you and I both know this. Adam Hill knows this. Adam Candy knows this. Willie knows this. Past people on the show, one of my favorites ever, um, is Ryan McKinnell, right? And sometimes losing losing on a show is you flipping out and snapping. Right. Like I've the done, other per- the I've other done before. You've had it happen. Right. I've had it happen. Um, McKinnell could do it to me. Adam Hill could do it to McKinnell. And you watch back, you know, sometimes you're like, man, he got you. He got you. And, you know, I've done I understand boost. Shannon is defending a lot of important things right now. But some of these blow-ups, they kind of are losses. And it does make for awesome TV. And, again, I'll point out something I, I mentioned uh, prior. But for the audience who wasn't listening, for the TV audience – and, I, again, we shouldn't appeal to the lowest common denominator, but there are really smart people. Like, it's not just people who are kind of vapid and, and dense. There are really smart people who are watching Skip and Shannon, and they're like, I hope Shannon punches him in the face. Right. So, it like, it, it meets our primal urges. Like, when you get in an argument sometimes or you're disrespected, you want to see someone on TV go Jerry Springer. Yeah. Jer- Jerry Springer show. Jerry didn't do that. But. Or who is the tennis player uh, with Jim Rome? Well, it was Jim Everett, not Chris Everett. Right, yeah. Don't do that. Number two. Don't you do that. Uh, local fans who are not Wolfpack fans, some of you, and I try to tell everyone, just because Steve Alford got off to a shaky start with the pack at Nevada and had some tumult and lost a bunch of guys this last year, he wasn't dead in the water. They won again last night. Yep. They beat a reeling Colorado State team, but who cares where Colorado State is right now? They beat them. They did what they're supposed to do. They're 3-0 in conference, 13-3 and overall. They got a nice mix of players. They're not deep, but they're playing good basketball. And maybe the fans come back soon and you start getting big crowds. They're a player in this conference. Oh, and, and don't sleep on the victories that they have either outside of that. You can talk about a reeling Colorado State team. They beat Boise State. Sam Houston State's a relatively good program, a top 80 program by Ken Palm ratings, right? Uh, Tulane's a top 100 program. They went to overtime with Kansas State. Like, they, they've done a really good job this year. And I didn't count them out, but I did not think they were going to be very good. And I've been surprised by Alford. I thought it was kind of, uh, like, you know, especially last year, I thought they were going to do more with the talent they had. He's still a pretty dang good coach, man. He gets a lot out of these guys. Number one. I'm going to ask you a general question for situations like this. Um, while we should all take the high road, it doesn't happen. Um, if we see a domestic violence situation where the male pays a penalty, if we stomp on that male, kind of stomp on his grave, are we in any way disrespecting the female involved in the situation, the wife or the fiance? The reason I bring this up is Chris Beard was fired today by Texas. And there are a lot of UNLV fans who have really bitter feelings about Chris Beard, who stayed on the job for all of 18 days and then turned his back and walked to Lubbock and then turned his back on them, no surprise, right, and went to Texas. Is it okay to, to, to kind of revel in this moment and almost be celebratory? Is that a, somehow a diss to the female in the situation? And the reason I bring it up is we're going to talk about Dana White. Um, Ariel Hawani like really went off yesterday. He's had a long-time war with Dana White, and he, he took some blows at Dana. And some people – came back with like oh you made this all about yourself and you don't even care about Ann White like I don't that's not what I saw I saw someone who has been you know beaten up and burned and and in his mind chastised by someone and lectured about being a good person and not being a scumbag and was like hey now it's my time 
So as somebody who actually listened to Ariel Hawani actually earlier today, but before I came in and he was on with Levitard, part of me did think that, that he was kind of making it about himself. But then when you understand the past that was there with Dana White, you understand it to a certain extent. And this message was still pretty clear from Hawani that this was gross. And I thought he handled it really well. I don't know if you saw what he did on his show, the MMA Hour, but where he took his shots at Dana, went to break, immediately throws up the domestic violence hotline, text messages, things like that. Like oh, I didn't see that. That's yeah. funny. I didn't see that part of the video. All I saw was the clip of him getting after uh, DW and then people saying, like, oh, he made it about himself, didn't care about the wife. No, it's the second it goes to black. Weird, weird, how, weird how social media will do that sometimes. Right. If you actually watch the, the full clip, right. when it goes to black, it throws up immediately to the domestic violence hotline and contacts for anybody who has experienced it so you can give you know, help. So I think he did a pretty good job with it ultimately. But I can also understand the point of, if you're the victim of said domestic violence, people reveling in it makes you relive it to a certain extent. Okay. Right? Because you're having to hear about it over and over again. And in the case of Chris Beard, I mean, disloyal or disloyalty or lack of loyalty and character issues doesn't always mean that this is eventually going to happen. No. That, you know, you're an alleged, I'll say alleged because we still don't know exactly what happened, but Texas has seen enough. So if you didn't see it, Chris Beard fired by Texas today, and he'll be back. He'll be back eventually. You said two years. I say a year. You think he has a job next year? If, if there's no charges, what's stopping any school from doing it? Hmm. Big Four and Four is brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, office in Reno, office here in Las Vegas. You can call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400. It's Cofield and Company. On ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Crazy times in sports. Man, I am so tired of talking about domestic violence incidents in sports, but it keeps happening. But that's that's real life, right? It's been happening forever. Uh, dudes beat on their wives and girlfriends and fiancés, and there's a group of you guys out there going back to Whatever case, I could go back to whatever, you know, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, starting sports radio, and it was the same thing in these forums. There are too many people out there who want to defend guys who do this and enable them. And in the case of Texas and Chris Beard, the former UNLV coach, all of 18 days, he was running the Rebels, kind of. Uh, he's gone. I mean, you're talking about a, a top 10 coach in the country making $5 million plus at a, frankly, at a school that I think will forgive a lot. Like, Texas is one of those win at all cost cultures and even Texas couldn't stomach it. They're you know, when they the the more they looked into this the more information they got. Um and there's a legal part of it too. So he was fired uh for cause or with cause. But even Texas like we can't we can't deal with this. Chris Beard has bosses. The the Dana White case and Dana is a local, a well known Las Vegan, you know, was here as a uh, high school student after moving cross country from Boston. He's a Vegas guy. This case is really interesting because what we saw on video is, I think, only part of the story. And that's why we didn't, we didn't come on on Tuesday. Adam Hill, who knows Dana White very well, a lot better than I do, and has covered him forever. And I've, I covered the guy for a long time, too. Um, we didn't come on and you know, go judge, jury, executioner. Uh, what I saw was disturbing. I'm going to say it. I don't need to, Right. There is no excuse for hitting women. That's the last time I'm going to say it because I, I, I feel like people say it because they think they have to say it. I don't believe I have to say it. Right. I'm, just, I'm stating the friggin' obvious. So if you want to lay blame at you know, one person's feet or the other, stop. Okay? Stop. 
But now what we're seeing here is, first of all, a two-day de- two delay in anyone reacting to it in the media. Boy, a lot of the folks at ESPN, especially the females, and I hope more of them speak up, felt really strongly about Deshaun Watson. And that's a proud moment in media and journalism that even with a partnership the size of the NFL that they have with ESPN, people still spoke up. And it's been pretty quiet. Boy, today was weird, man. Today was weird. I don't know if you have experience with acquaintances, people you thought were friends, and those people getting in trouble for domestic violence. I'll tell a couple of stories here in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. But Stephen A. going on and saying what he said this morning was just weird. And, again, you don't, you don't have to annihilate him without all the facts, but you also don't have to protect and back him without all the facts. Let's start off with Molly Karam, though. This is a major issue. Uh, this is a female on the show who, by the way, almost never gets to speak. And oftentimes when she does, she's shouted down or dismissed, like, get out of the way, which I think is very telling. But as I see often in cases like this, I think behind the scenes are like, hey, we need a woman to speak. It's like, right. I, and I'd be like, oh, now you need me to speak. So then Molly gets the floor, and this is what she says. I just want to say a couple of things. Uh, they talked about being... Um, drinking heavily. Yeah. When you're under the influence, not shining moments, often people don't make their best decisions. So in that sense, it's it's a cautionary tale. Yep. And in terms of it being an isolated incident, I've known Dana since of 22. I have yes. the utmost respect for him. Yes. Um, and I don't judge people by their worst moment. I agree with you on that punishment part. And, and the other piece that I just want to say, as a woman, it, it was also his wife's hands on him. So no, no one should be putting their hands on anyone. Oh, boy. Yeah. So can I say something really? So you can say whatever you want. Let's. Can I? I want to kind of want to pick it apart. First off, and I and I'm not going to take credit for this point, but I thought it was a brilliant point brought up. I was listening to Dan Levitard earlier today when they were talking with Ariel Hawani. The statement of "I don't like to judge people at their worst point." That's all we do, right? Deshaun Watson. It's what we did. Kyrie Irving. It's what we did. By the it's, way, I don't think he did anything wrong. Levar Ball on but, your show. There was some judging going on there when he made the comment about switching gears with you anytime. Right. Boy, the judging happened there. LeVar Ball, when he called Jason Whitlock fat, right? And Joy, I think it was Joy Taylor who didn't like him when he was on Colin Cowherd's show. Right? Like, or, or no, the, four, the, the blonde lady. Regardless, right? We always Christine judge. Christine Leahy. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We, we always judge people at their worst moment. So that's a ridiculous thing. I don't know if Molly, because we don't know the inner workings of this. So we don't know if Molly was told this is what you had to say, if she didn't know whether. But one of the grosser things, and you alluded to it, that I think that like we, the collective, or media entities do is, hey, something racist happened. Let's go get the black person to talk about this. Or, hey, something terrible happened to women. Let's go get the woman to talk about this. And to have her be put in a position where her thing is to then point the finger at the woman in this situation, I thought came across as really, really gross. And can we just say, when we talk about the lowest moments, I'm, I don't know how you feel about this, Steve, but I'm willing to say it. If you're comfortable enough, I don't care if alcohol is involved or not, if you're comfortable enough to swing in a public setting, I highly doubt this is the first time that something like this has happened. I, I like, I, again, I'm with you. Like, you have to go scorched dirt and all that. No, but I just thought from ESPN's perspective, it was so transparent what they were doing where we're talking about a company that has business dealings with UFC, 
where you have Stephen A. Smith, who shares an agent with the company that is the parent company of UFC and Dana White, and what they did here and the silence, like you said, from some of the most outspoken female anchors and news reporters and journalists that we have seen is insane to me. Uh, MMA writer Jeff Wagenheim, who does some stuff for ESPN, and you know I've worked around the guy going way back. Not so much anymore, right? I don't cover MMA like I used to. Wagenheim said, uh, we've been told not to write anything incendiary on social media about the Dana White situation. And I understand why, and I've abided by that, but I just ask you all to understand that some of us at ESPN do not have as soft a take as this on domestic violence. And he was talking about the video with Stephen A. Smith, who um, also spoke about Dana White and the incident in Cabo. I just think it's important that if you're going to sit on this platform, you, you, you owe it to your audience to be honest. To be honest and forthcoming, Dana White is not just somebody I know in sports, nor you. He's a friend. Yeah. I love him. And I just wish the best for him and his family. Okay. So that's how it started out. So is he being, is is that comment, is he being honest to say, hey, I can't be objective on this? I mean, but I guess, but he's not saying that, right? Like if he would have actually said the words, hey, Dana's my, Dana White is my friend. I don't feel like I'm objective enough to speak on this. Then I think you'd buy it. That's not what he said. He goes into a half-hearted, like, hey, domestic violence isn't good. But Dana White's my buddy. Right? Like, that's not anything. If you were to come out front and say it, I think you have something. If you're being 100% transparent with what your relationship is. That's not what they were doing, though. More Stephen A. He knows how wrong he was to do this. And he, you know, he knows that we're on this. He knew ahead of time because I reached out to him to let him know I would be talking about this. This morning, he knows that he crossed a line that he has never crossed before and that he swears he will never cross again. And he's incredibly ashamed of himself. Um, and, and that's just where we are right now. So. So the thing that got me is the friend thing. Hey, I'm friends or I've known someone since I'm 22 years old. You don't know. I have I have no idea what Dana and Ann White's relationship is like. I hope none of that happens on a regular basis or really ever be on the I, – but I have, I have no idea. Steve, I'm not going to say I know that it's much more violent and a regular thing or that it never happens. And I think there's a lot of people out there, I'm just going to point to guys. Um, guys know other guys who have been involved in situations like this, and I know a couple, right? I know one who you know had, had HPD called on him. And I still look at the guy, and I'm like, man, funny guy, lighthearted guy, uh, you know, big TikTok presence, proud of him for doing that. But he got into a, a deal where he struck a woman. Guess I didn't know him that well. I never saw that coming. Um, I worked with a guy. He still works in town. Got hit by a woman. Hit her back even harder. I'm not going to sit here and vouch for him. With that fella, I assume that's happened before and may have happened since. You don't know. You don't. The point is, you don't know how. You know, I, mean, I you know, Danny's uh, helping out run the board today. Uh, uh, Dangerous Danny, um, and I think I threw him off a little bit earlier. I was in the office talking to him, and I, I and I was talking about this off the air, and I said, "You have no idea who I am." Right. Right. You have no idea. Like I, I could beat the snot out of the SO every day. You, you have no idea. I don't. But you have no, John, you have no idea. You don't know about me. I don't, I don't know what you do. Right. I don't know what you do. So when people are like, he's my friend. Like that's suggesting I know him well. Trust me. This is it. Or they told me. 
You know what? The guy who had HPD called on him told me a side of the story. You know, I had other sources who could tell me the other side of the story. So you, you don't, you, you never, you never know. You don't. You don't know what people are like in their relationships. You know, especially you don't know male behavior in these relationships. So that kind of vouching for someone makes me really, really uncomfortable. And if I guess that means I'm, I'm a bad friend, I'm not willing to do that because you never freaking know. And trust me, those two people who just said they're friends, they know them well, they don't. And I'm not alleging anything. They just don't. They don't. Of course not. And I just, I am very curious to see how this grows, if anything, and what this pressure is going to be like. Because UFC kind of lives in this, you call it all the time, right, the MMA bubble. Mm-hmm. And it's existed all on its own, and it's not really covered like a real sport. And I, honestly, it's sad, it's sad to say, pretty good shot this just goes away eventually, and we just move on. It shouldn't. Listen, I, I, listen, I, don't, I don't know what should happen. I know this. I think Dana White should be out front a little more. He did a lot more. He did an interview with TMZ. They're a partner. Um, some of the stuff I liked what he said, trying to be accountable. But I, I think there has to be a lot more done here. I don't know if there needs to be a suspension, but I would love to see a lot more charitable work. I'd like to see some functions. Um, I love Safe Nest locally in town. That's the you know secret residences for battered women. I would love to see you know a massive effort put towards that. But I think there's a lot more that can be done than just these comments and one comment to TMZ. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. We're going to check in with uh, one Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review-Journal in a little bit. Talk to him about uh, the latest with uh, Dana White and UFC and the uh, incident in uh, Cabo between uh, Dana and his wife, Anne. Also big news on the XFL front. They do have a home stadium. Schedule is out, so we'll get into that with Adam in about 25 minutes. Uh, Brad Powers up on the national title game and some betting interest around the National Football League and also kind of looking ahead uh, at the offseason in college football. So, man, you know, the Raiders stuff has gotten kind of buried this week with all the other stuff in sports. And it was a big deal the other day for Devontae Adams to speak. And at least at this moment, pledge loyalty to the Raiders. Right. Which I, he could do anything, right? I mean, it's all contingent on who the next quarterback is because it's not going to be Derek Carr. But I was really surprised by how many people were. They were surprised by Adams saying it. I thought that storyline a couple weeks ago when, when it was clear, you know, Carr wasn't going to be the quarterback and, you know, then he leaves the team like, well, I guess Adams is gone too. Why? Like it's an automatic that he's gone? I don't think it's because he, he came to play with Derek Carr. That's it. I can't play with anyone else. That's the only reason I came. I don't think it's automatic, but I don't think Devontae did anybody any favors with his Instagram post. Right? I, I think that's probably where it stemmed from. And, like, one of the, the comments that I had made, I don't think I made it on local radio, but I was talking to somebody about it, which was, I actually think I might have been talking with Adam about it. Um, like, we were just hanging out personally. You know, like, you know, like, the whole thing with Derek Carr and not wanting to be a distraction. You know, bro, part of not wanting to be a distraction, how about you tell Devontae not to post that, right? Because that's what starts the conversations. That's what gets people surprised when he then comes out and says he wants to stay with right. the team. You look. Was that, by, by the way, was, was Devontae Adams pro Derek Carr in that post? 
If I, and I'm not going to ask, I'll have to look it up. Yeah. I believe it was yeah, a yeah, pro yeah, Derek yeah. Carr post. Yeah, of course, right. of course. Would Derek ever stop someone from doing that? No, of course not. Yeah, right. That's well, you don't want to be a distraction. Right. So, it, but, right, right, right. So, so the whole point was like that probably did not help things when it came to the conversation around Devontae Adams. I'd also say, right, like when you hear the quote, "But my dream was to play for this team before he, Derek Carr, was a Raider." And at this point, I want to try to make things work. Was it really always his dream to play as a Raider? Probably not. Right, like he's saying the right thing because I think out of everything I've learned about Devontae Adams, I've never got to talk to him, but him being in this market, he is a consummate pro. He's always going to say the right thing, and he knows when to say the right thing. And so he's doing that right now with this. But I think that's probably why people were surprised by it. He's a smart guy, and he pays attention. He right. knows what's going on. Yeah, He knows what's going on. And you play the game. You know, there's no reason to flip out right now. You don't know who the, the next quarterback is. You may have been told about a plan. That plan may not work out. For who the next quarter? You know, they could have. I'm sure they have a, a plan that goes seven quarterbacks deep, and he might know about Plan A, Play Plan B, and Plan C, and those may all fall through. Plan J, Jarrett. I don't. Well, I'm just going to go on what uh, Mr. Hill told us the other day. He he didn't think Stidham was like that far down the line. Like it ain't Plan A or B, right? But it is a possibility that if certain things don't work out that Stidham could be the guy and they draft a quarterback right. and he and he's the bridge. Love a good bridge. I, I don't think it's the worst plan ever. I but I also don't believe the Raiders have to go back like seven, you know, not seven spots, but have to go back to being like a five or six win team while they use the bridge to the young guy. Yeah. They can still be very competitive. It's this year has been it's been so weird to diagnose. Cause they have so many issues in certain units, and obviously the defense has just not been good. But they have been in so many coin flip games. Well, I, I mean, I would think this year, not just specifically for the Raiders, but if you've watched the National Football League this year, this year, if any, should give you as a Raiders fan some hope that even if they go with Jerritson and Bridge to young quarterback, the Jets had Mike White and Zach Wilson and just got eliminated from the postseason last last week. I guess the, the touche would be the Jets actually have a – a pretty good, de- like a great defense. Well, I'm saying you could build the right thing around Jared Stidham, and you could be competitive. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. All right, let's do it. A lot of college football to get to with uh, looking back on last week and what's going to happen this Monday in the national title game. Brad Powers is with us. Brad, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. Good to hear your voice. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Did you get out and about today? Were you driving in the rain a little bit? Uh, you still have the big rig, right? You got the truck still? Yeah, I still got the big rig. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Not not too much. Uh, you know, uh, obviously, not, not ideal driving conditions. People don't see the rain too much. There you go. I'm glad you set us up that way because I opened the show by sending a message. Um, if you have a pickup truck and you're spinning the tires at the light, go back to the dealer and turn in the truck. Okay? You don't know how to drive. <laughs> I trust that you're not doing that. You're not you're not pounding it to the floor with your rear wheel spinning out the truck unless you're trying to do some sort of trick. No, I I am used to driving. I grew up driving in weather. Exactly. So, uh, I do not do that. We both did. I don't know about John. I, I I'd like to put a camera on Von Tobel's car. Um, Are you okay? You okay in the rain? Yeah, because I'm not an idiot. Okay, there you go. All right, well, that was a good comeback. Right? <laughs> right. I got a little bit scared there. All right, Brad. Um, what was the final four like for you? Was it a scary betting experience? The two games were great games. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I was in Ohio, uh, Toledo, Ohio area, so that's oh, ground boy. zero for Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, so it was quiet <laughs> as far as the finals uh, for yeah. those people, which, yeah. you know, made me happy for, on a personal level. Betting-wise, you know, I took a position with Michigan, so obviously that was a loser. Uh, I also took a position on the under in that game. That was a loser. I uh, did bet Ohio State. That was my biggest bet in the over. So it split out there. You know, both finals were surprising to me. Uh, even though I bet Ohio State, I didn't expect Ohio State to be up uh, with a chance to put the game uh, in hand there, a late third quarter, if it wasn't for, obviously, the targeting and the injury to Harrison Jr., I think they went out right. That would have been a, even a surprise for me. On the Michigan side, I mean, it's just uh, obviously mistakes and just a, almost like a typical TCU performance where the final score doesn't match, match the box score, just like almost every single game that they played so far this season. So you hear Brad kind of breaking down the games a little bit, and as a pro better, I'm sure you go after most games, especially when there's a little more time, and analyze what went wrong for you. When you look at Michigan – um, what did you misjudge? Was it the current personnel? Was it an approach by Harbaugh? Was it McCarthy to, to a certain extent? Like, what did you come out of the game with where you were like, man, this is why I missed on this one? Well, I mean, it wasn't ideal for a Michigan team to get down multiple scores early and they'd have to go to their pass game. I, I expected Michigan to you know, control the line of scrimmage. They didn't do it on either side, to be honest with you. I mean, DCU was able to run. Uh, Michigan couldn't get pressure, so I wasn't impressed with Michigan's front seven on that side. And then, you know, the, 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 they didn't really get a chance to establish the ball on offense when you're down 14 nothing relatively early in the game. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that I got the, the handicap, you know, dead wrong. I mean, uh, <laughs> two pick sixes, a bumble at the goal line, and an idiotic play call on the first drive. I mean, all those had to, you know, go TCU's way. If they don't, I mean, we're talking about a, a multiple – score will win for Michigan, and we're not even discussing this. Is Ryan Day getting super conservative after they got down the field, got into what looked like field goal condition or field goal position? Is that something you follow away for the future that he may kind of clench up in big spots, or is it just too small a sample? Too small a sample. Uh, I thought he was super aggressive. I thought he coached one of his better games at, at Ohio State. I mean... I think it was more you lost your top wide receiver, so and you're already down. You know you're not healthy at running back. Uh, I, there's a little bit of chaos there with, with how the game goes on. I mean, anybody is going to feel a little bit of pressure in that type of situation. But uh, no, I I didn't come away from that game. You know, the questioning Ryan Day. If anything, I I upgraded Ryan Day. He needed to show something in that game. I thought he did. Brad, you mentioned you were out in Ohio. Can I venture a guess and say you were out there to see Ohio go online with sports betting? How was it? Yeah, it was all right. I mean, I, I planned on, you know, obviously help people open up accounts, take advantage of bonuses. I'm not going to lie there. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. you know, I wanted to sneak in some stuff at a physical property in typical Ohio fashion, even though it's been widely known that, you know, January 1st would be the opening day, you know, the particular casino I went to. Sportsbook will not be fully operational and still under construction for another three months. So, I mean, do you guys remember those state corners uh, yeah. that they used to put on each individual state, like a symbol of the state? Uh, I always argued that Ohio should have one of those orange barrel construction barrels. I mean, because that, that's just a that's a symbolic of the state. 
I'll have to go double check. I have a cardboard box with all, or excuse me, a folder with all the quarters in it that my mom gave me. So I do I too. <laughs> I used to collect them, although I think I got like five total. Uh, all right. So as we're looking at this game for Monday, which by the way I saw your Twitter account, the FCS championship games on Sunday, the national championship game, you know, is on on Monday that we all expect. Um, what do you expect this number to get to? Because I've talked to a couple of like, odds makers around town here in Vegas. A lot of people expect a push toward Georgia as we get closer to kickoff. Are we going to get that like late push toward the Bulldogs, kind of like we saw with Ohio State, and that number get cut down in the 24 Lowers or so leading up to the game? You know what? I'm not sure uh, in this situation. Remember, we saw a lot of money, anti-Georgia money, uh, in the marketplace leading up to that kickoff. Obviously, there's been anti-TCU money for a majority of the season just because the, the pros – are buying what what TCU's you know what their final scores are. Uh, I will say one thing I am personally looking for is to hopefully get some more suppression on the money line because it is one of those big time events, whether it's the Kentucky Derby, the Super Bowl, where you're you're going to get you know event betters. I'm not even talking recreational betters. I'm talking about people that just maybe bet three times a year. They're going to want to bet a little to win a lot, and the easiest way to do that is to bet TCU on the money line. So. If I can get an extra 30, 40 cents cheaper on Georgia, that's where I'm going to uh, make my bet. Am I wrong in thinking that this is a game that correlates to a side when it comes to the total? Like, I think Georgia is the side here. I want to bet this thing under, and they're going to get back to their old style, you know, the Oregon game, the Tennessee game, where they kind of just suffocate TCU. Am I wrong in thinking it's correlated side to total in that way? Uh, I could see it, but then again, I mean – I'm at, I, I guess I could see that, uh, although I could see Georgia going up and down the field uh, on TC's defense. Uh, I mean, Michigan didn't even have a run game, and they still were able, able to put 45 points on the board. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I actually tend to lean more towards the over uh, just because I think Georgia's pass defense, it leaves me uh, to question a lot of things because not only was it Ohio State, but it was LSU with a backup quarterback in, in the second half being down considerably, and they were – running wide open. So I think TCU can have success in the in the past game. I'm leaning over 63. Okay. Team total, by the way, for both of these squads, 37.5 and, and then 24.5. TCU, obviously, big the lower score there, Steve. Brad Powers with us. BradPowerSports.com, at BradPower7 up on Twitter. I know, John, you wanted to get into this, but I'll, I'll throw it out. I want John's opinion on it as well. Uh, what are we doing week 18 in the NFL where, hey, you know, in a lot of these cases – you're trying to move up a seed. You're trying to just make the playoffs, and you've got motivation on your side. What do you do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's tough to quantify motivation. I, I think, you know, they really want to get the four seed or, or the five seed or whatever. I think that's, you know, nonsense uh, for the most part. I mean, if, if it's a win and in situation, I think that is motivation. I mean, that being, you know, New England, Jacksonville, Tennessee game, uh, Green Bay, you know, game. So, I mean, that, that, that's the few games that I, I factor in motivation. Everything else, I mean, uh, is conjecture as far as I'm concerned. I mean, unless you got inside scoop of how, how long the starters are going to be playing or if they're going to get yanked after, you know, a, a quarter or two, then obviously you bet that if you have some information there. Other than that, I keep it pretty conservative when it comes to, to, to week 18. So, Brad, what I can't wait for, and a lot of people are upset about Sunday night, right, because it's Green Bay and Detroit, and if the Seahawks win, then the Lions have nothing to play for. But what I'll be interested in seeing is the market reacting to that, right, because if that is the case, you know that line's moving in favor of Green Bay. Like, all of a sudden, for some reason, Green Bay is going to have a point added to the point spread because <laughs> the Lions lack motivation, if you will. Yeah, uh, I don't buy into that. I actually expect right. Detroit to play hard regardless. I mean, that's just who they are under Dan Campbell, so – 
Uh, I, even if they're eliminated, I expect them to, to give an all-out effort. Now, with that being said, I think Green Bay's aside, Green Bay's used to be playing in these pressure situations, obviously significant edge quarterback, and Green Bay's playing their best football this season. Brad, you're awesome. If you go out driving again, stay safe. There's a lot of lunatics out there. We appreciate the time, and I hope you win big money on the title game. Hey, appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me this year. At Brad Power 7. We're not done with him. I think he just said goodbye. All right, get him on the phone. He's on next week. BradPowerSports.com. Oh, yeah. Can I run something by you? Because I saw um, – no, no. Do you watch the Colts games? Are you now? Do you watch and now root for a loss? Oh, yes. Pretty fun, isn't it? It's incredible because because you, you're not you don't get mad when things go poor. Like your normal mentality is to get pissed when things go wrong, and you're like, okay, good. I was that's good. I, you know how mad I, I was? You know how mad I was when they were up thirty three nothing over the Minnesota right, Vikings? Right, right. <laughs> what are you doing? There's an opportunity to get a quarterback here. I saw John tweet out because he is a Colts fan. If he didn't figure it out, I saw John tweet out the other day. Oh yeah. A uh, I don't know. It was a woman crying um, when happy I think, tears. I think you mentioned. Yeah, you mentioned the possibility of uh, C.J. Stroud being available at number five to the Colts, and it brought tears to uh, the, the well, the emojis face, but I guess yours too. Yeah, I, I read gifts, a, the gifts face, Jeff's face. I read a mock draft, and uh, they had the Colts selecting C.J. Stroud at number five, and it made me weep happy tears. And really, when you think about it, the way it could break down, I mean, there's quite a few teams in the top five that don't need a quarterback, right, or that have a pressing need to grab a quarterback. So. It could work out that that actually happens, that the Colts get C.J. or their pick of C.J. Stroud and or Will Levis at number five. Having said that, lose. Lose as much as you can so that you can solidify your spot in five or better. And here's the other. The tie is killing them. The tie with the Texans at the beginning of the season is killing them because they would be a little bit further down if that wasn't the case. This should be, Steve, the ultimate tank bowl on Sunday. Like both teams should refuse to take the field. Yep. Houston Indianapolis. Oh, I, oh, I, oh, I'm with you because because uh, it feels real good that the Jets fought hard to get to that seven win mark. Right. Didn't just let Zach Wilson play it out, warts and all. Boy, what a good season and a worse pick. Um, now here's the other thing: Did you shed a tear this week? Did you shed a tear this week? Genuinely for Jeff Saturday. Did you see what Kayvon Thibodeau said about your coach of now and of the future? He, that he didn't know who he was. So explain what happened with Thibodeau, which in any other week this story would have been – like that's the kind of red meat sports talk loves. Right. Is a guy acting like just a fool on the field. So for those of you who see it, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is in a play with Nick Foles who gets injured. Um, I don't think he notices that Nick Foles is writhing in pain with an injury right next to him, and he's celebrating by doing a snow angel next to him. So you get this great image of Nick Foles grabbing his ribs and his chest and just telling people, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, oh my God, I'm hurt, and Kayvon Thibodeau doing the snow angel right next to his twitching body. So Jeff Saturday didn't like it, and those comments were brought to Kayvon Thibodeau, who responded with, I don't even know who he is, <laughs> which I, I don't buy because they're all pros. Like, I think they all generally know who he is, but it's such a good insult, right? Made popular by Conor McGregor with the who the bleep is this, right? It's a really good insult to kind of throw. I don't even know so, who that guy is. I'm thrown on this one, on the does Thibodeau actually know who Jeff Saturday is? Because from what I hear talking to people who are close to him, you know, maybe some people who coached him, really smart kid, but was also described as kind of a different sort of dude. <laughs> so what does that mean? Like, I don't even know that you have to be dumb not to know who the coach of the other team is or that Jeff Saturday was the – 
starting center on the Colts for 14 years and played with Peyton Manning. Like, you might just not follow sports, and you just don't know older people. I, I think there are a good number of, not a good number. I bet you there are a handful of players on each team that couldn't tell you the name of the opposing head coach. I think there's a lot of players on each team that would like to pretend that they don't know because it makes them feel cool. <laughs> I'm like, I don't only care about what I'm doing. You know. He was one of the biggest stories after he got hired. You know. Yeah, that guy doesn't like you. I don't know who he is, so it doesn't matter to me. Don't care.